Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, your co-host, and the other host that is also co is Charles Chuck Thompson. How's it going today, Chuck? I'm going to do whatever I want on this show today. Okay. Whatever I feel like doing. Just in the proper amount of time, though, because it's Dumb Bleep of the Week, and we... Only have 10 dumb bleeps, but dumb bleep number one has seven dumb bleeps inside of it. So I'm, I'm going to take your structure. <laughs> You're gonna and screw I'm going to screw the whole thing up. Yeah. I may go to dumb. I may skip to like dumb bleep seven. Okay. In the midst of everything, even though I don't have the slideshow. Dumb bleep 1.7 or like at actual number seven? <laughs> Whatever I feel like doing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, it is dumb bleep of the week. That's the day of the week where we finally get to make fun of all the crazy stuff that is going on around the country, unlike the rest of the week where we are completely. Costco, uh, my just, name is not Louis C.K., okay? <laughs> Did you see right. he was on Rogan? No. Yeah, he was on Rogan like, uh, I don't know, last week or something. I is watched. he back? I guess he's back, yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's fine. So the the truth is I'll do whatever I want on the show, but, but I don't want to expose myself. <laughs> so you're all in luck. <laughs> Okay, we're gonna we're gonna get it going. Just so everyone knows, the way this works is we run through the dumb things that we saw throughout the week, and mostly that we didn't talk about. And then the live group who joined via joingml.com that took them to our Discord channel, and then they pay as little as six dollars a month. They get to hang out with us. They're hanging out with us right now. Very fine group, fine people on both sides. They get to hang out and vote on the dumbest one. Those things move on to dumb bleep of the year. The nice bracket challenge that we have at the end of the year that I'm just doing a great job keeping up with. And it's not going to take a lot of time to put together at all. Yeah. You keep, it's like part of your, it's on your morning schedule. Yes. The first 15 minutes of the day, Nate spends putting, making sure that the dumb bleeds from Friday made it over into the year long bracket. Okay. Dumb bleed number one is going to have to do with this whole student loan cancellation thing. You guys probably heard just a little bit about that. We talked about it quite a bit actually spent a lot of time talking about it. And these are some things that we haven't talked about with it so far this week. Uh, but there's several comments in here we're going to have to address. The first one is a response from none other than our fearless leader, Joseph R. Biden, when he was asked about the fairness of canceling these loans when other people paid off their loans. And he had a great, just amazing I, response. I did see this. Yeah. Mr. President, is this unfair to people who paid their student loans or chose not to take out loans? Is it fair to people who, in fact, uh, do not own multi-billion dollar businesses if she wants these guys to give them all a tax break? Is that fair? What do you think? What about people who... <laughs> what a great comparison. That's really good. All these multi-billion dollar businesses that get all these tax breaks? We, so, s- we steal less money from them? You think that's that's not fair? I don't know if everyone knows this, but those two things have nothing to do with one another at all. Mm-mm. Like, not not a little bit. And I saw that the left was cheering about this. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Because they can't make analogies. They can't make proper comparisons no. to things. And they don't have to. It doesn't no. matter to them. It doesn't, because their truth they, is their reality. They never say anything, and they're like, that don't make sense. <laughs> that, that, that doesn't happen well, for them. Well, they might do it for people on the right. You know, I mean, people on both sides do this and there are, there are also fine people that's, on both sides. That's true. Yeah, you're right. You're so, right about that. So that's the first thing. Like I said, we're going to be rolling through these pretty quick, but it's all going to be along the same lines. <clears throat> Speaking of really terrible comparisons, uh, here's one from Robert Reich the third. Who, by the way, is an economist. Yeah. Yeah. So to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, student debt, 1.9 trillion GOP tax cut for the rich. Who else would like to live in a country where we bail out students who need it instead of CEOs who don't? I figured out Robert Reich. What'd you figure out? He's an Eno. A what? An Eno. What's that? Economist in name only. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's good. Yeah. I thought it was some kind of derogatory term for someone who's insanely short. But it turns out that was just about him being an economist in name only. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Okay. You take it for whatever you want it to mean. I'm going to call him an Eno from now on. So here's the, um, here's the deal. Those two things are not good comparisons with one another at all. Because in one of these, you went to a place and they provided you with a service. And you got to stay at their resort for like four, five, six, seven, 
eight years, whatever. Voluntarily. And you took out a loan. Voluntarily. Voluntarily went there. You took out a loan and you said, I'm going to pay back this loan. I need you to front the money for me to go stay at this resort for the next several years. In the other one, the government involuntarily takes money from you against your will. And then they set it on fire. They just do whatever the heck they want with it. They, they waste a bunch of it. And in this scenario, the government said that they were going to take a little bit less than what they take from you against your will. Still taking some, but just less. Yeah. D- those two situations don't sound like good comparisons to me. That's a bailout. When you get to keep more of your own money, that is a bailout. And see, this is where this whole corporate welfare comes into play, because this yeah. is why I, like we take such a hard stance on corporate welfare, uh, because your principles have to remain true in this scenario. Because anytime, anytime less money is stolen from you, it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, you can just go with this, uh, the comment on it there from No Lie with Brian Tyler. Same idea. Brian Tyler Cohen. The guy has two first names. And, and a last name. Your party added your party. By the way, he's starting with you, which makes me defensive already. Yeah, you're not going to get How anywhere. do you even know what party I'm a part of? Mm-mm. What what party is this? Is this the uh, college he's party? Talking, he's talking to Kevin. A NASCAR party. party? He said, your party added $2 trillion to the debt to give permanent tax handouts to billionaires and major corporations. And you're mad that President Biden has taken some action to help relieve a generation of working Americans from mountains of debt. What's that Thomas Sowell quote? There's we're, a lot of them. Which, we're living which one in is a it? world where everyone's problems are becoming your problems, essentially. <laughs> Something like that. No one is responsible for what they've done, but we're all responsible for what someone else has done. Amen. And that's that's the, the way that, that yeah, goes. That's what he said. Once again, tax handouts to billionaires. The tax handouts he's talking about is when they take less money from people, the money that they earned. So just once again, they, they just make amazing, amazing comparisons here. How about you do a Bernie tweet? We're still on Dumb Bleat number one. Mm-hmm. This is all number one. If SoFi, a student loan refinancing company, could give its CEO a 92% raise last year, paying him a grand total of $103 million in compensation and spend $625 million to put its name on the L.A. Rams football stadium, you know what President Biden can do? Cancel all student debt. <laughs> It's the same thing. If anytime Bernie starts a tweet with if, <laughs> you know it's going to be complete bullshit. I mean, just immediately. Yeah. If, if this, mm-hmm. then this from Bernie. If this company can pay these people, then Joe Biden can cancel all the student debt. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's true. <laughs> and by the way, the CEO pay $103 million in compensation. He hasn't even received all that stuff yet. That's all in potential future earnings. And SoFi stock is going in the drain, although it's up a little bit right now because of this whole thing. So the truth is we get to do whatever we want based on what other people do. Yeah. If a company pays their CEO Mm -hmm. a lot of money, then the government can take as much money from people against their will under threat of death as he wants. Clearly. Yeah. (laughs) The principles line up perfectly. If SoFi... I think their CEO is Chamath, isn't it? Isn't that Chamath? I don't, uh, I don't know. If they can pay their CEO that, then, well, by golly, Nate can rob a bank. <laughs> there you go. Free and clear. <laughs> Same thing. You just if you t- can take you your can, wife out on a date, then I can murder that person standing right there. <laughs> yeah. See? Principles. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so crazy. Okay, then the White House went on a tirade last night. Someone let their kid use the phone for a while, and they went off on all these Congress people who were complaining about the student loan debt cancellation and their response to the people complaining about the student loan debt cancellation, which is not a real thing, uh, by the way. uh, They responded with how much money these specific Congress men and women had received in PPP loans. Now, we can be against the idea of the PPP loans and say that that was stupid. We also say it was stupid the reason they exist in the first place, like the economy being shut down and all that. But then once again, like we mentioned yesterday, this is still a really terrible comparison because the PPP loans, I got one, 
Charlie got one. Charlie, when you took yours out, did they tell you, you take out this loan, you're going to have to pay it back, Charlie? No. No. They didn't say that. What'd they say? They said, if you take out this, actually, they said, if you take out this amount up to, I think it was up to $25,000, not only are you, we going to forgive your loan still, we're not going to require you to submit any documentation for it. Yeah. I got, I got mine. I never had to do, all I had to do was fill out a form on the website saying yeah. that I used it for what I said. I mean, listen, it's I remember a you were pro. scared we, to do it. And I was like, Nate, you got to get your money. We can have the conversation about the, uh, you know, whether or not that's a nice moral philosophical principle thing for a couple of libertarians to do. But like Charlie said yesterday, it canceled out the amount of taxes that he owed them. So that sounds pretty principled to me. Sounds really principled. And, um, yeah. So when you took out the PPP loans, you knew that you weren't going to have to pay it back. You probably, probably no one ever planned on paying them back because that was the whole structure of the loan in the first place. It's basically a grant, not, not even a loan. The but, truth for me, the way I, the way I saw it was like, I got one year off from paying taxes. There you go. And that was pretty nice. Now you're back at it this year. Um, yeah. Bell right back at it. So they did that several times with Matt Gatz or Gates, however you say it. MTG and Mike Kelly, almost a million dollars in PPP loans forgiven for Mike Kelly. I don't know what kind of business he has, but shoot, that's a lot. And then Nina Turner, let's mention Nina. Is she going to make every one of these? She's going to be on every dumb bleep. (laughs) The only way she's not going to make a dumb bleep is if I block her on Twitter. All right. (laughs) Nina Turner, she says, student debt cancellation isn't paid for by the taxpayers. The federal government is the lender. Let me repeat that line one more time. Actually, she starts it. Let's get a little bit more condescending and uppity here. FYI. Yeah. Student debt cancellation isn't paid for by the taxpayers. The federal government is the lender. It's costlier for the government to hold on to the debt. Now, remember. Yeah. It's costlier. It's, it's cheaper for the government to just do nothing with it. Now, here's where the thing, here's where it really messes up. The way people, I think they see this is they think about it like you're structuring after a bankruptcy or something, like the money's gone, like nothing's going to happen with it anymore. The problem is this money was paid out. And the only way that this doesn't cost the government any money is if they, whatever it is, 300 billion, 500 billion, whatever it's going to end up costing, the only way it doesn't cost them any money is if they reduce their expenditures by 300 billion or 500 billion, because they've already paid this out. And so for this to actually cost them no money, they would have to reduce whatever their expenditures are by that much. Or steal the money back from once they... Or steal the money back. To where, from once they gave it. And so they still have to pay interest on it. We still have interest, you know, from the Federal Reserve. And uh, so we're still going to pay that back with interest. And um, it's not paid for by the taxpayers. Apparently the government uh, just has money. She's never heard of inflation before at all. We haven't had inflation in years. This is the modern monetary theory. It is. It's what it is. And these people just make up this Fugazi fairyland where it's like, oh yeah, the, the, it, this came from the government printing money. It's like, well, how do they print the money? Also, this would be like saying that, um, <laughs> this would be like saying that I'm not responsible for, you know, my fence that I just put on a credit card. Yeah. That Chase Chase is responsible for that. Chase is yeah. the lender. Yeah. But the thing is, so, if they were going to cancel it, like they could find a way to like write it off if they were going to restructure somehow and knock off some debt if they were able to do that, you know, mm-hmm. but they still had to pay out the money for your fence. And, and so, yeah, obviously that gets injected in the economy ends up causing inflation. And so, yeah, that's another ridiculous one. And then we have the last one for the student loan debacle. Uh, from Jim Banks, Representative Jim Banks. Student loan forgiveness. Now, this is probably somewhat on the right, I would assume. Student loan forgiveness undermines one of our military's greatest recruitment tools at a time of dangerously low enlistments. What, free college from the military? <laughs> now, there are a lot of different ways to be against student loan cancellation, but... I kind of feel like this is a quiet part out loud thing, and we all kind of know that already, but our greatest recruitment tool is um, people being able to get free college. And now we have a, they're having a hard time recruiting for the military right now because everyone in the country is so racist. 
Oh, yeah. And so they haven't been able to find anyone you know, that wants to join the military. This is something I wanted to talk a lot about like a couple, few weeks ago or a month ago now. Also, it's like, what do you, what are we fighting for these days? Everyone is so mad and angry. And it's like, what, you know, you used to have that feeling like, yeah, I want to sign up because I love my country and I want to go defend it. And we are the beacon, beacon of freedom and democracy even around the world. And now it's like, okay, I guess I could get my college paid for. And he's right. Well, now we're going to kind of take that off the table. You don't have to go to the military anymore. Maybe people in the government should figure out why people don't join the military for the purposes of defending their country that they love so much. I think it's hope. Yeah. Thank you. I think you, I think you have to have some hope. Um, maybe one day we could restore. Yeah, I uh, guess. Maybe one day we could make America great again. All right. Gotta, <laughs> that's all dumb bleep number one. Dumb bleep number one is the student loan cancellation. Okay. Dumb bleep number two, Charles, go to the Novak Djokovic. There's a paragraph on this, and then we're going to run through a couple things. All right. Novak Djokovic will miss tournament due to his COVID-19 vaccine status. Because COVID, yeah. COVID still exists. Real big thing. Tennis, yeah. And we know... We know how much better people who are vaccinated are doing than people that are unvaccinated. So Novak Djokovic announced Thursday that he will not be able to travel to the United States for the upcoming U.S. Open in New York and has withdrawn from the tournament. According to ESPN, uh, Djokovic's withdrawal stems from U.S. travel restrictions for foreign nationals and his COVID-19 vaccination status. So we're still doing this. (laughs) This is still a thing. I think this is specifically doubling down on this guy. Yeah. Because like they don't want to admit defeat. Because if they let him in, then they they would be like, oh yeah, we were wrong the whole time. But they can't do that. They can't. It's it's more about holding up the image. Even though the CDC just released the new guidance and said that they don't have any restrictions, whether you're different restrictions, whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated, they got the same guidelines now. But we're still not letting people in that aren't vaccinated. It's wild. Now I t- we told you guys this whole thing would disappear, mm-hmm. minus. These little tiny Some things. Some holdouts. Yeah. So uh, he posted saying he wasn't going to be able to be there. He's sorry. He wasn't going to be able to make it. And this blue check mark responded with Novak. We're far along in this pandemic that you should know the vaccines are working effectively. You actually are able to travel to New York. You're just choosing not to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the va- what is effective? What is the official effectiveness for the vaccines right now? Has anyone seen data on that? It seems like all those articles kind of went away. Hmm. Last I heard, it was like twenty percent or something. I mean, it, it's it's like accepted now by everyone that it does not protect you from getting COVID at at all. No, it doesn't protect you. It doesn't prevent COVID. And that if you've already had COVID, then you're going to have as as good or better reaction if you get it again than someone who's even vaccinated. And we're still doing this. Yeah. Speaking of the fact that we're still if you doing put, this. If you, if you compare someone who's uh, recovered, uh, who has antibodies from actually having the disease versus someone who's never had it and has only been vaccinated and boosted a hundred times, the person who had the disease is going to fare better than the one who's vaccinated. All right. So this, uh, Charlie, you want to read that headline there and then we'll play the video that happened with this. And I just, you know, we were all about the data and everything and. Mm-mm. All these statistics and how it was working and all of this, and then all of a sudden it's just gone. And, and he we, says that. Look, we told you guys when this all started that this was going to happen. And how to how once again, how did Nate and I know <laughs> the future? Because we we know everything. Because everything my, there is to know about. You haven't called. You haven't said that I knew everything that there was to know about almost everything in a while. But just about kind of yeah, hurt my. Just, I feel well, like that means you think I don't know anything. Hmm. Huh. Um, Charlie, this well, headline right here. you've got right a here. lot to learn. All right, this is a video. California school caused police to remove four-year-old boy with developmental issues for not wearing mask. Father considering legal action. So that's from the blaze. We'll do a little bit of this video here. I think this occurred maybe last week when school started, but I wanted to mention it along with all of these stupid COVID stuff that's going on right now. A four-year-old. I welcome him here, and I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I want him here, but it is our district's policy. Uh, Miss Williams, we have a yeah. Oh, that's not a 
Here's another. Here she comes, pulling him out of class. I want him here. He is a lovely child. We're here to support and serve him. Our district policy has changed. I am here to serve all students on our campus that cannot keep spending time on the same issue. Thank you. I'm going to have to have you remove from campus. Okay. If you won't. All right. Police officer, police officer, remove a four-year-old from campus. But the, the school district has decided on independently because from what I understand is yeah. the numbers in, within their school district has increased. Yeah. So that's, they're basing that decision. Anyway, that's enough of that. Yeah. Okay. So that's still going on this year, this school year right now. And then that's not it. We're still in the COVID dumb bleep number two. There's more. There's one more associated with mm. this. Uh, Charlie, if you want to do the article. This is breaking news at the time. According to D.C. Mayor uh, Bowser, unvaccinated students will not be allowed in school, nor will there be a virtual learning. They will be denied an education. <laughs> no, they won't. They just have to get vaccinated. I thought it was harder for minorities to get vaccinated. <laughs> now, isn't this racist? Because <coughs> it... Because don't minorities have trouble? It's going to end up figuring being, out how to get vaccinated, according to the left. Well, I never said that. I'm just, I thought that that's what they said. They, I, I think the rates of minorities finally figuring out how to use the internet have been increasing over the last year or so. So mm. I, we should be able to get that. Um, the, so they know where the vaccination sites are. Okay, gotcha. You know, but it just takes longer because they all have to walk because none of them have cars, and and so they have to to walk to wherever the sites are. But Probably. Anyway, let's do the article real quick. Okay. We're joking. It's all a joke. This is from the <laughs> Daily Signal, not to be confused with the Daily Caller or the Daily Wire. This is the Daily Signal. Um, the District of Columbia does not appear to have a contingency plan for unvaccinated students who are banned from attending schools in person this fall after the first 20 days, according to comments made by their D.C. Maya Bowser. During a press conference, Bowser, a Democrat, admitted there are no alternative options, including virtual learning for students who cannot attend school due to the district's vex vaccine mandate, meaning unvaccinated children will effectively be left without an education. Over 40% of blacks ages 12 to 17 are not vaccinated, according to the city data. I told you. Mm. This is the systemic racism right here. Yep. The Daily Signal asked Bowser what the plan was for unvaccinated students. Uh, Bowser responded, they can go to school on Monday, but they need to get their vaccinations and their families will be alerted as to the dates. Now, why are they even allowing them in there for the first 20 days? That's what I want to know. If it's so dangerous for them to even be on the school grounds, what, what's the deal here? Why are you even letting them go to school in the first place? Who knows? I mean, I assume that they have to be kept in separate containment chambers, right? Or centers, rooms, sorry. Chambers. <laughs> That was an honest mistake. Yeah. That's a Freudian <laughs> slip. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I, the only thing I can see is that it's racist mm -hmm. because look, updated data from the government's vaccine numbers website shows 47% of the black children in the districts ages 12 to 15 had not completed their primary vaccination series necessary to go back to school in person. In addition to the vaccination requirement, the release states that all students and staff will need to provide proof of a negative COVID-19 test result before the start of the 2022-2023 school year. So even, for the whole year, we just need one vaccine. negative test. But it like, even with everyone being vaccinated or like even the vaccinated kids coming there, they still have to have a negative COVID test because they could endanger the other vaccinated kids. And you know that the vaccinated kids need a test also because they could be showing up with COVID. Oh yeah. <laughs> Everybody needs to test. This is still going everyone. They're still doing it. Some people just can't let go of that power. And at this point, it becomes, you do it because I told you to do it, son. Don't ask why. And that's I'm a, not letting up on this. That's the point. The, yeah. The Djokovic, the, the schools, it's because I said so. Mm -hmm. That's why. It has nothing to do with anything else but power. This is, okay, when you say that the system has power, this is the actual power. Yeah. At work. What I wonder here is what are the rules there for, say, uh, truancy? Like you miss school. Are the parents going to end up getting in trouble Ooh. because of that? Then will they go to jail? Yes. Then 
then you got a problem. Mm. All right. This is from a rando, a couple randos. Um, Justin Trudeau said, Today we honor the victims and survivors of communism and Nazism in Europe and pledge to continue standing up for all those who continue to face violence and oppression at the hands of authoritarian regimes. Which is interesting for him to say, but mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. A, that's a, that is a good statement. Do you think he includes his dad in that statement? or um... Probably not. <laughs> all right, so one of the responses on here, she had several. Communism and Nazism are not the same. The former eradicating the latter. <laughs> Communism eradicating Nazism. The reason liberals tend to make these equivocating comparisons of the two is to provide some distance with their appreciation of Nazism, given that they vilify communism to make a condemnation. So she's basically saying that they're all Nazis, and so they talk bad about communism to distract from the fact that they're, in fact, Nazis. Anyone who compares the two while ignoring that Nazism and capitalism will remain the entities that have killed and will continue to kill the most people until they're defeated only does so because it's not 100% acceptable to say they appreciate Nazism. So they say they hate communism. By default, the conversation is now over. Yeah. Because she basically said anyone who compares the two only does so because it's not 100% acceptable to say that that what she's saying here is anyone who compares the two only does so because they are Nazis. Yes. So if you compare Nazism and communism as being equivocable then you're a nazi so now the conversation's over you can't say anything else you can't have an argument yeah and she also says that uh, they're ignoring the fact that nazism and capitalism are the ones that have killed and continue to kill the most people until they are defeated daisy said these are the people taxpayers are paying to cancel ten thousand dollars of debt for (laughs) that is true This is where your money's going, folks. Last thing she said here, there's never a reason to condemn communism before Nazism. And yet it happens all the time with liberals because of their appreciation for Nazism. And by simply mentioning communism first, their vilifications do the job. Same old, liberalism is fascism. (laughs) I mean, all roads lead to fascism. (laughs) So I'm trying to... I know. I mean, I'm mean, trying kinda, trying to find a way to give her some credit. Obviously, all, she's but, not talking about classical liberalism. No, she's talking about liberals. Um, one more thing on this. <laughs> so this had to do with the same same thing going on. But if you're it's all fa- encompassing communism. Yes, this uh, Dumbleet number three is commies. Uh, if your family suffered under communism, in quotations, that says a lot more about your family than it does about <laughs> communism. Good people don't suffer under communism. Slavers and exploiters do. Jesus. The the gaslighting (laughs) is unbelievable. Literally. If you suffered under communism, that's because you were doing something wrong. All the good people. Your fault. There must not have been very many good people in all those communist countries, I guess. Like, the only good people... Were the people in control of the government? Well, this is how you that excuse. This is how you excuse all the deaths. Yeah, like well, a hundred million people died. Well, they were all bad people. They didn't listen. Yeah, they didn't get what, their vaccines. Whatever. What were they? What were we supposed to do? Keep them alive? <laughs> all right, let's yeah. move on. Uh, speaking of fascism, let's talk about Robert Reich the Third real quick. This number Again, four he goes, makes another one. Number four goes to stuff about DeSantis. Okay, the uh, the domestic terrorist governor mm-hmm. of Florida. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this again coming from uh, from the Eno, Robert Reich. Just wondering if DeSantis, in quotations, by the way, is now officially a synonym for fascist. That's not hyperbolic at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just look at he what was, he's doing. All he's doing is asking a question there. In what kind of free state would you be? Would it be made illegal for you to say the word gay? Mm. You know, that's something fascist. Do. Only a fascist state would yeah. outlaw the word gay. And another one here about DeSantis. You can just read the top portion. The rest mm. of it's an advertisement. This is from Charlie Crist. He's running for governor against DeSantis mm. in Florida. We're going to go up against the biggest threat to democracy we've seen since Trump. <laughs> Ron DeSantis. <laughs> 
Now, I'm surprised he didn't say Ron DeSantis was a bigger threat to democracy than Trump, like some of the other stuff that we've seen. But Well, when you say the biggest, he's the biggest. Since Trump. I guess, I mean, he's, he's right up it there still with means Trump. he's bigger. Just as bad. Yeah. For sure. As we talked about, they're going to make DeSantis as bad or worse. There will be worse things. And we've already read stuff from MSNBC about how DeSantis is worse than Trump because DeSantis is a better speaker and he's a better politician, but he's just as terrible and evil as Trump is. He just says things better than Trump. He's not as brash and he's more articulate. So he's hiding it. Okay, that was uh, number four stuff about DeSantis. Number five, we're going to go to this article. I just, I did not want to take it out. It's been in the stack almost all week but this one comes from reason tiny homes for las vegas homeless demolished over code violations north las vegas authorities demolished a community of tiny homes that sheltered the homeless because the 50 square foot structures didn't meet the minimum home size required by law or conform to other strict housing regulations the minimum home size required by law. The tiny homes were built on, we just started talking about communism and fascism, and then let's look at what people are actually doing here. What? You see, the tiny homes were built on private property owned by the nonprofit New Leaf Building Community. New Leaf structures are small and basic, featuring four walls, one window, and a front door that locks. But despite their small size and lack of amenities, they could be life-changing for people previously living on the streets. Quote, Now I sleep on the damn sidewalk because of this! Exclamation point, end quote. A man who had been living in a new leaf home told KTNV Las Vegas, a woman named Angela said her new leaf home made her feel like, Yes, I can do this. I can stay clean and sober. I can create, draw, I can become anything I want at that moment. The New Leaf homes were built on private land by volunteers. The idea was to provide homeless people with a place to call home. They had tiny. They had a tiny home where they could lock the door, so then they could actually go out and get services without having to worry about getting your things stolen or anything like that. There's the story. Yeah. How does that make you feel? Um. <laughs> <laughs> Infuriated? I'm so- I'm so pissed. I don't even know where to begin with this one. The, the government is saying <laughs> you're better off sleeping on the sidewalk to what this man said, this poor homeless guy, than being able to have a shelter. Because the home that was built on private land by volunteers does not meet the minimum home size requirement that they have it's just for their code. So the homeless people just have to live on the street. But That's just awesome. so you know, it's the billionaires. Oh yeah, who are responsible? That's the problem for this. Mm-hmm. If we just get actually give this government some more money, they'll be able to fix the homeless problem. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, they'll build they'll build homes at the right size. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the problem. Okay, it's like it's like it's like well, you're building these things that aren't good enough for people. Like our standards for people is higher than this. And like, sure, make an argument for that whatever okay what like let's listen to that argument but then to to put your foot down on that argument so much so that you would rather the person be worse off for the for their own good somehow for their own good yeah what is it that margaret thatcher said that I th- this is so true you'd rather the poor be poor as long as the rich were less rich like That's you true. you are so ardent in your and being rightness or whatever it is that you're that you and the people i think the people who demolish these things i hope their house catches on fire tonight yeah and they're in there not their family and stuff and <laughs> i hope the dogs and family are they stuff just, get out are they you know people following the orders like this just as bad as the people who sign the orders yes right? oh yeah. yeah i wouldn't capitulate if you told me to tear down someone's homeless home i'd be like no yeah. I'm not doing that. Not only will I not do that, but I'm going to put my bulldozer in front of it so someone else can't do it. This is insane. I can't believe they even complied with this. They did it. All right. Let's move on to the next one, Charles. Um, if you're in California, here you go. Mm. Now, they did pass this. This was from yesterday, but it was passed. Now, California enacts a ban on gas-powered vehicles. We knew this was coming. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Yeah. New gas-powered vehicles. There's a little bit of an article in here. If you want to read about it. Or... Okay. Yeah. This is Dumbleat um, number six. California is expected or did enact a ban on gas-powered vehicles and a drastic step to significantly reduce fossil fuel emissions because that's all that matters. Uh, California has voted to ban the sale of new gas-powered vehicles by 2035. Now, the Governor Newsom's been talking about this for a while anyway. We covered this maybe like a, a, long time ago. a year ago or so where this is just a terrible idea. I mean, by fiat, we're just going to decide that the climate change is real. Humans are the biggest contributing factor. The number one thing that we can do is stop using gas-powered vehicles despite any other evidence, and then we're going to to ban them. And we don't even know if we could actually charge all the cars. That's another problem because they already have random blackouts in California without forcing everyone into EVs. Now this, you can still, you could still buy cars. They just, there can't be any new ones. So they're stopping the market. No more new gas powered cars. Now there'll still be a market for used ones, I assume for, for a bit. And California is one of the biggest, is the biggest car market actually uh, in the U.S. This is going to be a little harder for the cartel to get over the border. Just <laughs> A little bit. To hide a hard a tr- it's going to be uh, hard to hide a truck. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have to get a. Now, what happens if you're a charger on like, the way? Let's say I'm living in Tennessee and I buy a new gas-powered vehicle, and then I move to California. Can mm. I? Can I drive? Can you my- buy it out of state and then transfer it to California? Mm. Mm, I yeah. wonder what kind of loopholes there's going to be for this. This, you guys want to know how successful government is at bans? They're perfect at it. When the government bans something. It's impossible. It completely to get around ends it. that thing, and you yeah. never have to talk about it again yeah. after that. Yeah, it's why we don't. It's actually shocking we have a homeless problem because there is no drug problem. The other problem is a is a market problem with this. I realize that we've got some good EVs out there, there, and they're getting way better. But they've been getting better because they had to, because they have to compete with gas powered vehicles, and they have to find a way to be as cheap as they can, have the longest range that they possibly can. And doing things like this, if this were modeled throughout the entire country, this is already the biggest car market, but if this were modeled throughout the entire country, then that would be a major issue because you you destroy the incentive for the EV vehicles to be better. What if there is a new EV that's going to be created in 2040? We don't know the future. Without this law, in 2040, it's going to be created uh, that's going to have a... 2,000 mile battery and it can charge up in 10 minutes. What if we never get to that car because that company never needed to innovate to that point because they didn't have any competition to worry about because they didn't need to be better than the gas powered cars. Those are the things that you don't see. And that's why I still think that we'd be living in the world that kind of look like the Jetsons if it weren't for all these stupid regulations we've been dealing with over the last hundred years. But if you need any evidence of that, just go look up uh, the technology boom and all the companies that these massive companies that failed. And why did they fail? Well, because they didn't innovate and their competition beat them. I, I think uh, I'm pretty sure Jordan Peterson just interviewed his brother-in-law, who's a um, who's a computer scientist, and he was talking about how he used to work. I can't remember what the name the name of the company was called. Data something. They were a multi-billion-dollar corporation. That literally went under in like two years. They were burning a billion dollars a year because they couldn't keep up with what Apple and Xerox and all these other people were doing. And people were just trying to make computers as fast as possible. Why? Because they had incentive to do so. Now, this gets worse, by the way. Let me finish this up real quick. The L.A. councilman, Paul uh, Koritz, proposed a ban on new gas stations in the city. The proposal was inspired after the city of... Uh, Petaluma, California, became the first place in the U.S. to ban new gas stations. Yeah. So you, that, we which, talked about that one day when nothing you, else uh, runs on gas. You had to leave for a car or a call, not a car. You really have a car right now. All right. Okay. And dumb bleep number seven goes to a couple different things. This is just going to be called um, elitist authoritarian propaganda. It's going to be brought to us. I feel like my face is getting redder because my blood pressure is so elevated. Yeah. It's, it's going to just... 
This is going to be brought to us by, one is Masterclass, and there's a George W. Bush Masterclass on tough decision-making. And uh, they've also got, who else? They have lessons with the uh, the late Madeleine Albright. She died, right? Yeah. Good. Laura Bush, George Bush, Hillary Clinton, and Bill Clinton. All right, so we got just a little trailer Did here. Did they make this for Trump? If you're, <laughs> if you're interested in taking the George W. Bush uh, master class, then you can go find that. I don't know what the price is on it or anything, but here we go. As president, sometimes I had information that the American people didn't know, and therefore I had to make decisions what was best for the country on knowledge that wasn't evident. That's just the nature of leadership. So long as you're guided by principle, and so long as you're guided by a cause greater than self, you can endure criticism because it's gonna come. One of the things I missed after the presidency was this daily learning, and thankfully painting came into my life. It's a learning experience because with every paint stroke, you learn something new. All right, I'm gonna do another flower. It's important to have a set of priorities that guide you, and your team, your company, your managers have got to understand those priorities. To me, the most important priorities were my faith in my family and my friends. That may sound corny to some, but it helps you reorganize the rest of your life. Welcome, darling. Thanks, great, glad to be here. When I was speaking to audiences, I didn't want them to think I was smarter than they were. One of the keys to communication is to figure out how to enable the person you're talking to to relax. You know, I had I was a master at the Malaprop. Misunderestimate. The press corps reaction was, the guy really just say that? <laughs> I remember right after 9-11. Everything he did was on purpose, by the way, is what he said. I think that's a joke. But, yeah. Um, no, keep going. I like this. this there's is something good. I'm about, inspired. We still have about 15 minutes of video oh, okay. to play right now. Okay. Because um, we have a Brian Stelter montage coming up here in a sec okay. to commemorate his final day yeah. on the on the show. There's something about this that really rubs me the wrong way. And I've mentioned. Well, I know why. Well, can I tell you why? Tell me. Well, first of all, what he's saying isn't all that bad. Yeah. The problem is it's a lie. Yeah. The dude had no principles. Like that, what, what tough decisions that you were making that you stuck to your guns on, you know, I, I haven't seen there, there's, there's not a shred of, of principled evidence he whatsoever. Told, he told his dad that he was going to get Hussein and by darn it, he did it. Well, okay. Well there, yeah, I guess so. Um, there's something that bothers me with it because it feels so, it feels so, it feels so much like propaganda. It feels so much like we're lifting up these people who do so many terrible things. And I've mentioned before that I have biases with Bush. I don't know why. I, I have always thought that he was just an idiot and that Dick Cheney was actually running everything. You, you felt bad for him. I've you're always, like, I think he's got a good heart. I always thought that he was like a good person, but he's easily, he's such an idiot and he's so easily and manipulated. What I hate is that no one can take responsibility at all for when they screw up. Yeah. Like, he should be on that video saying, I violated my own principles, and here's where I made a mistake, and I wish I would have made a different decision. Out and of the, I didn't, and I'm sorry. Out of the pictures that they have of these, of these Condolingus people. Condolingus Rice is on there. Out of the people they have on here, how many people have they like caused the deaths of? And we do like this master class about tough leadership and everything. I don't, it drives me nuts, but let's go on to the, I got to respond to Joe real quick. He said, and I get it. Look, I was a fan of Bush too at the time. He said, that's a bold move making a statement like that. How could you assume to know what his principles were? He was a self-proclaimed conservative Yeah. that ended up not being conservative at all. In fact, you, in fact, Bush started this whole spending. <laughs> well, it's happened before, but in modern times, Bush was the, got the ball rolling on our debt and inflation and everything in modern times. Well, the wars were very expensive. Yeah. It the, takes a lot to the, spread democracy. The constant wars, the bailout of the banks, all of that stuff. Kind of some Obama stuff there, too. But the, Yes, know, leading but up to come on. Uh, it wasn't like uh, Bush was... had. A, and look, I'm not saying you have to have a perfect record. That's not what... I'm not arguing from that point. What I'm saying is you can't make a video saying... Well, the reason why I was a good leader, it's just self-grandizement, right? Yeah. 
I was such a great leader because I stuck to my principles. It's like, no, you weren't. You're like, hey, I'm a great leader because I can admit fault. I'm a great leader because I can tell you that I violated my principles. And this, the, like I made decisions that weren't okay, and I wish I would have made different ones that violated my self-proclaimed conservatism. Maybe in his master class, he does talk about all the mistakes and stuff that he made. Maybe. You know, but, talks about that. You know, um, just I, I get heated about this stuff. Apple TV has a new Hillary Clinton show called Gutsy. She's has been a very gutsy, whatever the hell she's been doing for the last uh, little while. Breaking glass ceilings. Name. Yes. And uh, featuring a lot of different women. Executive executive producer Hillary, Hillary Clinton on this. I mean, mm. she knows a thing or two about TV shows. You know, by the way, executive producer means that you paid for it to happen, which makes it even more crazy and you're the one who put the money yeah up. you put the money up for it and so you get the final say on how it looks because you're the executive producer who put up the money on it uh, but anyway let's watch a little bit of this stuff we're hitting the road to shine a light on women who inspire us to be bolder and braver leadership doesn't look one way it's a giant rainbow you're not gonna break me down. You'll get worn out before I do. Women who push us outside our comfort zone. You got this. And make us laugh. I'm in deep Georgia and they might have never met a Muslim. Or they don't know they have. Or they don't know they have. Because we walk among you. <laughs> you have a marriage that has been on public display mm. since the beginning. You said the gutsiest thing you ever did was stay in your marriage. That doesn't mean that's right for everybody to throw someone's life away when people really do make changes. I just believe in second chances. My mother needed rehabilitation, not prison. Your survival is your power. Someone say to me, you're not good enough because you have melanin. How dare you? I have a master's in whites. I just wore whites to get a GED in blacks. <laughs> All right, so we got that trailer out there too. Once again, the whole executive producer Hillary Clinton and Chelsea Clinton thing is what it made. It really gave me this propaganda feel, uh, along with the masterclass thing. So, yeah. don't believe number seven goes to propaganda and putting these people up on a on a pedestal. And I understand, like, I I get it that these are uh, strong and powerful and influential women, and they're real people with real stories. And it's probably important for for some girls to see that, you know, because they've just been seeing people who look like me their entire lives. And that's what's forced them into trying to transition into a people who look like us. So I, I get it. <laughs> but maybe we could pick someone better than Hillary Clinton to host the TV show. I don't know. Possibly. But then again, she's the one who's paying for it. So are there any other inspiring women out there uh, that she's the only one? Yeah. I, I agree with Bailey here that says this is actually a white pill because if you think about this, the amount of content that this show is going to bring to oh, our yeah. sh to our show, I can't I can't watch it though. It's going to be gold. I don't watch stuff like that. I'll watch it. It's just not a thing. Like oh. uh, I never watched John Stewart's show. I couldn't even watch the trailers for his show. It was so ugh, I, I, my blood pressure went up too much, <laughs> and so I never watched it. I can't watch this for my health. You know what I can watch is this Brian Stelter montage that I actually put together today from a lot of other montages. And let me just say real quick, when people do these montages with the stupid music in the background, like sometimes I throw like stupid circus music in the background and stuff. I get it trying to be funny, but come on, this isn't the three stooges or anything. Like, let's just do a video without stupid music. Sometimes you'll hear music in the background. That's because the videos I was recording had stuff, but Brian Stelter officially out. He did his last show. Uh, this video ends with, uh, his sign-off and the last things he had to say. And still, he never got it. He never understood why he was let go. He is so pompous, full of himself, elitist, college-educated white guy. Not that college is always a bad thing or anything, but you know the type. You know what I'm talking about. Holier-than-thou kind of people. And here's a nice example of Brian Stelter never getting it at all you know you are why one of the reasons people can't stand the media i'm sorry <laughs> you're cracking me up it's your fault I, 
It's, it's how, so that last segment that 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 I just had to listen to of all of the people saying the same old stuff. Also, you're incredibly repetitive. It's week after week. You know, there there. No, we just figure out what is here. real. I mean, but CNN is right up there with them. They push the Russian collusion hoax. They push the Jesse Smollett hoax. They smeared Justice Kavanaugh as a rapist, and they also smeared Nick Salmon as a white supremacist. I think you're describing a different channel than the one that I watch. Uh, but I understand that that is a popular right-wing narrative about CNN. All these networks, all these news outlets have to defend democracy. And when they screw up, admit it. The narrative is, I want to show all kinds of opinions. Which sounds great, but not all opinions are created equal. Now, it's a new Sonny Jim. You're not only making people not trust you, you're making them not trust me. Who just wing it. <laughs> who make it up as they go along. And because figures like Rogan are trusted by people that don't trust real newsrooms. Well, like, why don't people trust me? They trust Rogan, but I'm perfectly trustworthy. Look how loose my tie knot is. Joe Rogan's irresponsible. He took horse maggot medicine the other day. Now tell me, sir, and don't tell me anything other than this. Should there be a war? Yes, there should be a war. Interview's done. I'd like to see you do that, Joe Rogan. Why does he sit like this? Because <laughs> you ever notice, he sits like this. It's on the Robert Mueller Russia investigation. Mueller investigation, the Russian investigation, Trump's Russia ties, and Robert Mueller. The real Russia story, Russia probe, the ongoing Russia probe, Russia probe, the Russian investigation. But Mueller and the Russia probe, Russia synergies. They wonder if Russia has compromising information on the president. What is the source for the president's claim that they have found no collusion with Russia. He misspelled collusion. Every day we're trying to keep track of the drip, drip, drip of the Russia investigation. Drip, 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 Trump and Russia. To see whether Trump was secretly working for Russia. To bring it back to Russia and Russia and Russia. 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 That would be funny if it wasn't so insidious. Ginning up hate. CNN is so much bigger than any single individual. Too much of the US media chatter is distorted to the point of being dishonest. Don't be so hateful. Is that too much to ask? I don't know, maybe it is. Trust in media. Has CNN lost trust? It's almost like we need two kinds of newscasts uh, or two versions of the weather report. The forecast is pretty sunny for the vaccinated, but it's quite bleak in some states for the unvaccinated. I'm glad that we work in a building where everyone's vaccinated. Trump's odd behavior with Vladimir Putin is compelling so many people to ask, what does Putin have on Trump? Has Trump been compromised? When you see um, entire media companies essentially exist to tear down Joe Biden, is there an equivalent to that on the left tearing down Trump? The lying, the deception, the anti-media attacks, it is getting worse. Being clear about the threat to democracy is one of the most important things that American journalists can do. Reducing a liar's reach is not the same as censoring freedom of speech. Freedom of speech is different than freedom of reach. I think we're gonna look back someday and say, wait, they tried to ban the 1619 like, like we're gonna look back, we're just gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna make no sense in 30 or 40 years. Um, but is this just the white lash in another form? The media organs that profit from conflict are on a crusade now. Sorry, just it, it pisses me off. We will always have flaws, we will always screw up, we will always have to run corrections, we will always have to keep working to make it better and better and better every single day. And, for all we know, these emails are made up, or maybe some are real and others are fakes, we don't know. But we do know that this is a classic example of the right-wing media machine. Let's just raise the bar for everybody, though. Standards higher across the board. The people who say we're lacking journalism, that we've become an all-talk channel, that we've run off and we're all opinions all the time, that Jeff Zucker led us astray, those people aren't watching CNN. They're not watching CNN. One of the biggest media stories of the week is right here. It's the end of this show. CNN has canceled reliable sources. Accountability. We need to have room for media criticism and debate and discussion, and we will. So much of the media ecosystem in 2022 is garbage, but so much of it is spectacular. The hard part is sorting out the treasure from the trash. Here's what I do know. I know it's not partisan to stand up for decency and democracy and dialogue. It's not partisan to stand up to demagogues. It's required. It's patriotic. We must make sure we don't give platforms to those who are lying to our faces. But we also must make sure we are representing the full spectrum of debate and representing what's going on in this country and in this world. Oh, there you go. Mm. Oh, Brian. He's out. I, this wins. <laughs> There's nothing. I don't, I, I don't even think I need to say anything. No. I, there's nothing I could add to that that no. would that would make it any better.
I agree. Right. Let's just move on to number Let's nine. Let's go to the next one. All right. Um, okay. <laughs> Charles, uh, Charles, number nine. I showed you this yesterday, I think. It's pretty oh, good. Oh, yeah. Here we go. From Podcast Movement. This was a conference podcast movement. Hi, folks. We owe you an apology for before sessions kick off for the day. Yesterday afternoon. Oh, this is so somber. Yesterday afternoon, Ben Shapiro briefly visited the Podcast Movement 22 Expo area near the Daily Wire booth. Though he was not registered or expected, we take full responsibility for the harm done by his mere presence. (laughs) I added the word mere. But his presence caused great harm, and they Mm -hmm. wanted to take responsibility for that. Then they continued on here. There's no way around it. We agreed to sell the Daily Wire a first-time booth based on the company's large presence in podcasting. The weight of that decision is now painfully clear. Shapiro is a co-founder. A drop-in, however unlikely, should have been considered a possibility. <laughs> I Eventually, someday, I want to get to that point to where just being there is so dangerous. <laughs> So dangerous. And by the way, there's uh, the Daily Wire. Of course, they're making fun of this. They put out a little clip on it. And, what does the tweet say? Warning? Warning. Um, let me see. What did they say? Some viewers may find the following video of Ben Shapiro at Podcast Movement disturbing. Viewer discretion is advised. <laughs> Yesterday afternoon, Ben Shapiro briefly visited the PM22 Expo. Though he was not registered or expected, we take full responsibility for the harm done by his presence. So do I get to get a picture? We agreed to sell the Daily Wire a first-time booth based on the company's large presence in podcasting. The weight of that decision is now painfully clear. (laughs) During event planning, the dangerous nature of the company's messaging was overlooked. Those of you who called this unacceptable are right. Podcast movement has made mistakes. The pain caused by this one will always stick with us. Yeah, thanks for everything you do. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm excited about it. It's great. That's good. Just when I didn't think it'd get any worse than Brian Seltzer. Oh, man. Did you say Seltzer? It's Steltzer. Stelter. 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 I hardly know her. Exactly. Okay, let's go on to the last story, Dumb Leap number 10, so we can get the voting going. For those of you who don't know, Capitol Records recently signed, and by recently I mean like three days ago, signed a a rapper, but it was an AI-generated rapper. First time ever, signed by Capitol Records. They had no idea? No, they knew. Oh. They knew about it. And then everybody figured it out. Well, no, everyone knew. That was the point. That's not the oh. that's not the thing. But regret to inform you that Capitol Records has severed ties with the AI rapper FN Mecca and is apologizing to the black community. Earlier this month, Capitol announced that the virtual rapper and influencer would be signed to the label, describing the AI-powered robot rapper as the world's first AR artist to sign with a major label. <laughs> but now Capitol Records has severed ties with the recently signed AI rapper FN Mecca, who came under intense scrutiny after clips of the project using the N-word went viral. It's an A. It's a computer. Quote, CMG has severed ties with the FN Mecca project effective immediately. Its own robot that it created. Yeah, but, well, a different company created that they signed through the company basically oh, okay, ownership gotcha. of it. Quote, we offer our deepest apologies to the black community for our insensitivity in signing this project without asking enough questions about equity and the creative process behind it. We thank those who have reached out to us with constructive fees, feedback in the past couple days. Your input was invaluable as we came to the decision to end our association. What I'm wondering here is does this mean because they they, they dropped the project because the AI use the n-word as a as a rapper i'm wondering if that means they're also going to drop all drop all of their other artists that use the n-word mm, no in their songs oh. some people are allowed to hours before capital's announcement 
the activist organization Blackout share the statement asking the label to cut ties, calling the project an amalgamation of gross stereotypes. They say it's come to our attention that your company has decided to partner with FN Mecca. While we applaud innovation in tech that connects listeners to music and enhances the experience, we find fault in the lack of awareness and how offensive this caricature is. It is a direct insult to the black community and our culture. An amalgamation of gross stereotypes, appropriative mannerisms that derive from black artists, complete with slurs infused in lyrics. For your company to approve this shows a serious lack of diversity and resounding amounts of tone-deaf leadership. This is unacceptable, and it will not be tolerated. That, these people needed an FU letter sent back to them, by the way. We demand this partnership be terminated. A formal public apology be issued. FN Mecca. Removed from all platforms. Furthermore, <clears throat> all money spent by Capital Records and Factory New for this project will be allocated to charitable organizations that directly support black youth and in the arts, as well as marketing budgets for black artists signed to Capitol Records, who I'm assuming are not allowed to use the N-word. We look forward to your response and compliance. So they were created, by the way. Here's, here's where this gets really dumb. The AI... You know how it generated its image and its lyrics? By listening to other black artists. By listening to popular rap songs. And the AI looked at all of the lyrics and all of the famous rappers. Really quickly. And it went really quick. And it took all of that to generate rap songs. That's how it all came together. It created it. And it was an amalgamation of gross stereotypes that were extremely, uh, I mean, it was racist, obviously. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin on this. Yeah. Like, it, it, it looks like it could be a representation of black culture. And what's wrong with that? Yeah. I mean, that, like what, what would be wrong with that? Has anyone ever listened to rap music before? Yeah. <laughs> I have. I have to bleep myself out all the time. Yeah. <laughs> listening to rap music, you know? I just, this is so crazy to me. It literally wrote lyrics based off of what it learned from lyrics from other popular rap songs. I cannot stress that enough. From black artists. Yes, that is correct. This person, Blue Checkmark, said, it would honestly be difficult to create a better satire of early 20s pop music than an AI creation combing all of the most odious parts of NFT culture and post-SoundCloud rap sensationalism blowing up on TikTok, generating backlash, and getting canceled, all seemingly within 48 hours. Jeez. Yes. Immediately got signed and canceled within a couple days. That is dumb bleep number 10. <sighs> this is this was a this was a day. Good luck, everyone. Yeah. Good luck to you. So good luck. real fast, I'm going to put in. Uh, I don't think anyone, well, let me see. Is someone keeping track of these? Okay, yes. They're all, I see 11 though. There's only 10. What's, did someone throw a Charlie in there? Oh, the Masterclass and the Clinton were all the same, uh, just propaganda. Just, yeah, propaganda. Yeah. So that's how, how that works out. So let me run, let me run back through these real fast. Number one was the student debt, the whole thing, all the stuff that we went through, all the stuff. Number two the continued COVID authoritarianism that's happening for the sole purpose of authoritarianism and people not wanting to back down. So we got that. Number three is uh, communism, commies, and Nazism. I think we had something about that last week also. And good people don't suffer under communism. Only slavers mm -hmm. and exploiters do. Yep. All the good people did just fine. Number four Bad stuff about the Santas from Robert Reich and Charlie Crist. Number five, the tiny homes being destroyed in Las Vegas. That just makes me mad. Number six, California banning gas, new gas-powered gas powered vehicles by 2035. And gas-powered vehicles. And both of those, yeah. Number seven is propaganda featuring the, the George W.B. Masterclass and the Hillary Clinton TV show. Number eight is the Brian Stelter just... Just Brian Seltzer. Number eight is Brian Seltzer. Mm. Seltzer. I, I think I just said Seltzer that time. Number nine. Alka, alkaline Seltzer. Is the podcast movement response to the harm done by Ben Shapiro. That was a great video. And number 10 
FN Mecca canceled for using the N-word. All right, y'all, part of the live group. Get your votes in while I'm telling the rest of the regular podcast listeners to not uh, suffer this time during Dumb Bleep of the Week as you're listening. Uh, you should go to YouTube, first of all, and watch the video because it's absolutely hysterical and adds a massive amount of entertainment. Mm-hmm. Then you might as well watch the video live next Friday. So go to joingmail.com, sign up, be part of the live group so you can watch and then vote because your vote matters but it will cost you $6 a month. Mm. And that's, I think that's a fine price for a vote. So, but you get to decide not only the dumb bleep of the week, but the dumb bleep of the whole year. And sometimes we don't agree mm-hmm. with that, but you have a voice and we are protecting uh, libertarian democracy inside of uh, good morning Liberty live show. So please pay the poll tax. Please do that while you're at it. Go to godhatesfeds.com because he does. And so you just type in the truth, which is GodHatesFeds.com, and then you'll pick up your favorite T-shirt and uh, Joe Biden puzzle. Also, by the way, you can go to Nate'sCrashCourse.com, and you can use the the promo code CRASHCOURSE40 to get 40% off the 100-video course I just put out on our class's Discord server. You get all the videos, just a one-time payment, not a monthly thing if you don't want to do that, just for those videos in the course, 100 of them. If you know nothing about trading, now's the time to learn because we start from the very basics with the question, what is trading? Nate'sCrashCourse.com. It was available. I like that. Yeah. Nate'sCrashCourse.com. <laughs> is the market crashing? Potentially. You should find out at Nate'sCrashCourse.com. The point is that we only get so many of these crashes throughout our lifetimes and you need to take advantage of it because that's where real wealth is actually created. The people mm-hmm. with a lot of money, they're buying during this time because 10 years from now you'll be real happy that you were but you need to know what you're doing first Mm, that's right do all of those things folks all right what's the vote count right now it looks like i got a couple votes (laughs) chuck is on here this is really spread out it is it was a lot today i think i think brian seltzer was brian alcohol alcohol seltzer what's Ryan's. What are those seltzer tabs? What am I trying to think of there? Alka Seltzer? Uh, Alka Seltzer. Yeah. Yeah. Brian Alka Seltzer. <laughs> That's what his name is. Because the dude gives you heartburn. He does. That's why. All right, Brian Seltzer, thanks for, for all your time on CNN to provide for our dumb bleep of the week. Mm-hmm. And I hope you win dumb bleep of the year. I, I am going to vote for you, I think, <laughs> right now. I don't remember all of our dumb bleeps. Um, but right now, that Brian Seltzer takes the cake for me. All right, y'all, if you enjoyed today's episode, please share the show with a friend, a family member, and a foe. These are all the free ways that you can support us, and we appreciate your support because our egos are fragile. And the more comments that you make telling Nate how good he is at life, the better this show will be. Absolutely. So I'm asking you to leave a rating and review and and share the show with people and tell them what Nate is offering mm-hmm. you, which is... Which is Freedom. Which is more than your dreams. Yeah. Okay. A lot of people's like, oh, Nate's the man of my dreams. No, it's more than that. It's better than that. Nate is dream. Okay. <laughs> so I'm bigger than the dream. Do those things. And if you do all that, we'll be back again on Monday. Hope you have a good weekend and a good morning, Liberty.